We're watching films on the toilet Cause that's what dads have to do When the movie's unsuitable for your kids Then pretend you need a number two If you need a break from your family or spouse There's a lavatorial picture house Watch Terminator 2 while you're sitting on the loo Enjoy the whole of Rambo 4 with your trousers on the floor We're watching films on the toilet How about you? Now whenever there's a conga, it's like, oh, I wish I wasn't in this. You're either 100% in, yeah. or 100% out of a conga. There's no halfway with a conga line. That's right. Yeah. Which you had printed up on a business card, didn't you? Yeah, I, I opened a jelly deal shop, mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and my slogan was, there's no halfway with a conga line. But, Which is clever, isn't it? Because congas are also eels. That's right. Um, but oh. no one came. But that was mainly because the food was poisonous, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was awful. You're basically asking anyone at the docks if they yep. had an eel. Yeah. And just taking them on their word if they produced like a random piece of meat. And it very rarely was an eel, was it? No. It, if we were lucky, it was beef. It was mainly rat meat, wasn't it, that you served <laughs> yep. in, your, in your restaurant? Jellied rat. Jellied... <laughs> cat and yeah. jellied ox and mash the mash was absolutely delicious and <laughs> jay rayner actually said in his review this appalling meal is saved only by this sublime mash <laughs> welcome to santa carla the murder capital of the world this place is swarming with blood-sucking vampires in the daytime they stay out of sight but when the sun goes down well, you better watch your neck, buddy. Because the Prince of Darkness is looking to drain your blood. You think you're safe walking down the street, sleeping in your bed, taking a dump in your bathroom? Think again, my friend. Those undead freaks will jump right out of the bowl, bite your head off, flush it down the toilet. Come on, Michael. Be one of us. Sit on the toilet, Michael. Hello there. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Watching Films on the Toilet, our podcast. I'm Eamon. And I'm Ben. Sexy Ben is his new name. Oh, don't. You're making me blush. He's had, uh, he's had a, a horrible cold this week. Yeah. As you can tell by his sexy new voice. I've developed a husk. Yeah. And not with my voice, like on my back. What is a husk? It's like, like a corn cob has a husk. I now have a husk. Do you? Like a cocoon. Like a cocoon that you've grown out of. Yeah. The Ben you knew was a mm. mere caterpillar. Yeah. And uh, over the coming weeks, out shall come a butterfly. Wowee. Yep. Maybe we should change the podcast to this biological like phenomenon. <laughs> My friend became a butterfly. My friend turns into a butterfly, <laughs> I think, is a more captivating podcast than two middle-aged men talking about films like all the other middle-aged men. Yeah, if I'd known that I was going to transform into a butterfly, say, two or three weeks ago, I would have said it then, but I I didn't know. So I guess we just have to keep going. So Ben, what what the what the ruddy hell is this podcast all about? So as two uh, middle-aged men with young families and uh, certain responsibilities, we have very little time to watch the films that we want to watch. So we sit on the toilet and watch them. And now we're going to talk about one of the films that we watched on the loo this week. Mm -hmm. Oh, my wife doesn't like the word loo. Uh, on the toilet this week. Why doesn't she like the word loo? It's just quite annoying, isn't it? What does she think about box? I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out, won't we? Yeah. Yeah. Watching films on the box. Yeah. Again, if you'd said that to me two or three weeks ago, we could have gone with that, but we've 
stuck to a title now, haven't we? Damn. Oh, Mr. Trick. So this week, we're going to be talking about the 1987 horror classic, The Lost Boys. But before we dive into that, uh, it's time for toilet news. So, toilet news this week. Police are investigating an anti-Brexit prank which saw road signs across the county change to describe Kent as the Toilet of England. Should be Garden of England, I think. Nearly 30 were altered by the EU flag mafia on Thursday night in what they described as a military operation Wow! using stuck-on pieces of paper. I think they're over-egging their efforts slightly by describing that as a military operation. I agree. Is Kent really the toilet of England? I can can think of several counties off the top of my head who are better toilets of England than Kent. Okay, what is the toilet of England? Cornwall, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Plymouth. Oh, hey now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. Plymouth used to be the toilet of England. I think we can both agree on that. That's why we haven't lived there for a while. But now it's the B-Day of Southwest England. It's certainly a composting toilet now, isn't it? Yeah. So hang on. Toilet of Kent. They didn't do a dirty protest by each sign, did they? It doesn't. The article doesn't mention that. Now that would have been a military operation. Yeah, and if you're if you're calling from Plymouth, sorry for what Ben said. I, for the record, think it's beautiful. And if you're listening from from Cornwall, then go f- yourself. I don't <laughs> care what you think. Okay, so this is this is an interesting one. A school board trustee known for railing against LGBT inclusive education broadcast herself using the toilet to 140 attendees of a Zoom meeting. Francis Kogelja could be seen sat on the John, that's the Metro's writing, not mine, while relieving herself during the Hackensack Board of Education's virtual meeting on Monday night. Okay. She's now resigned from her position. Okay. But it's weird that she felt totally cool being really anti-LGBT, which is obviously incredibly controversial and, and bad but she did something like go to the toilet show herself on the toilet by mistake which is kind of a, you kind of think this is something that might happen to you know to anyone she she quit yeah that's what horribly embarrassed her yeah that's what horribly embarrassed her but apparently as you know ben i love laughing at the misfortune of others it's your favorite pastime it's a thing that really keeps me going yeah but you're not really allowed to do that anymore it's, it's frowned upon so this kind of feels like a little opportunity to enjoy that so you can laugh at the misfortune of someone as long as they're bad yes so my one of my favorite videos of the last few years is uh, there's a bunch of people uh, at a zoo and they're winding up this chimpanzee mm. and eventually it just goes crackers yeah and lobs a big poo into into this crowd of people yeah <laughs> and it lands on the face of this old woman <laughs> And she turns to camera and she's got a big monkey poo on her nose. Was she taunting the monkey? Yeah, I'd like to think that maybe she'd, um, I don't know, parked in a disabled spot or yep. kicked a cat or something on Probably the way kicked in. a child on the way in. Yeah. She's lucky she didn't get her face eaten off. Yeah, it's, that's the interesting thing about chimpanzees. People of our age group, with their first introduction to chimpanzees would have been the PG Tips adverts. Yes, where they used all the baby chimps who were super cute they were sweet. and adorable. Yeah. But actually, when you see a full-grown adult male, they're terrifying. Oh, yeah. They don't look cute. They look scary. And and as you say, they'll 
they'll bite your face off like that. They, I think they have. Every every couple of years, an, an American lady has her face eaten by a chimp. I, I can say it's a controversial to think we'd be better off without just any chimpanzees at all. <laughs> Why are we focusing on saving the horrible chimps? We should be throwing all our energies behind the gentle giant orangutans or gorillas who are like kind of badass but only when they need to be and quite chill the rest of the time but we already have humans who are the absolute pits of the world we do we don't need another horrible great ape in the mix that position is taken i i no <laughs> i th- i think there are some nice chimps baby ones who drink pg tips but after that forget it I'm going to counter that argument and say we should only have chimps. Well, this is the thing. If you, I think if you had a, an ape free-for-all, I would be afraid that the chimps would win mm. because they're so vicious. Yeah, but you've seen Planet of the Apes. Yeah, it's the chimpanzees who are like the ruling class, aren't they? But they're really smart and they can talk. Hmm. You could reason with them. Here's, here's this banana. Please don't eat my face. There you go. Done. New name for the podcast. Okay, and more toilet news. So a survey on behalf of World Toilet Day has found that uh, uh, adding an extra toilet to your house can add between uh, 1.8 and 3.5% value to your property. Wow, that's, that's quite significant. I guess it depends where the toilet is, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm assuming it means it's plumbed in. You, you can't just drop a toilet in the middle of your lounge. Yeah, I don't think that would be great. No, I'd say that would decrease the value of your house. I once lived in a bedsit in Streatham Hill mm. and uh, the toilet was so close to the kitchen you could actually cook your breakfast whilst whilst you were doing a number two. Oh, that is quite disgusting. Um, what was the best meal you cooked while you were sat on the toilet? Uh, beef Wellington. <laughs> um, I have a piece of news. Okay. It's not technically toilet mm-hmm. news but it does involve Steven Seagal. Okay, well, we can make an exception for that. Okay, so recently there was a YouTube interview with Stephen Hopkins who directed Predator 2 and he said at one point Stephen Seagal was considered for the lead role uh, instead of Danny Glover uh, and he went round to Stephen Seagal's house uh, and he was taken into this room, uh, all the, the walls were covered with guns and Seagal was very enthusiastic and he, he told uh, Stephen Hopkins that he wanted to play a CIA psychiatrist who was also a martial arts expert who carried a gun. <laughs> that was his vision of the lead role. Um, and then he said that uh, Stephen Hopkins should come to his place in Santa Barbara because he mm-hmm. had a grenade launching range and they could launch grenades together. Uh, but he didn't and uh, Seagal did not get the lead role. I thought you were going to tell me a different Stephen Seagal story, which is a bit more toilet-based which is there's this yeah. uh, legendary story about him, like obviously a horrible man. <laughs> Apparently. I'm not, I don't know what the film set it was, but he was saying like he couldn't get choked out. He was just saying it's impossible. You can't choke me out. I've kind of trained myself out of it. <laughs> and there was this legendary stunt guy, and he was just like, I'll try. And so he, he choked, <laughs> choked out Steven Seagal and sure enough knocked him out. And then Steven Seagal did a poo in his pants. <laughs> oh, that is great. Yeah. I mean, I've, con- I've, I've looked at Seagal movies to, for us to, to possibly watch, but there's not one I 
genuinely want to watch. Oh, well, we'll see. Righto. Get on. So, as we said at the top of the show, this is all about The Lost Boys, 1987 Joel Schumacher, cult classic. Yeah. Um, now, Ben, how many sittings on the toilet did it take you to watch the entirety of this film? So it would have been one sitting, but I got slightly distracted by a video of someone firing a machine gun and melting the suppressor at the end of their <laughs> gun. So I, it would end up being two sittings, um, but I, I think I did pretty well. Wow, okay, that's quite, that's quite the compliment, yeah. I would say, um, that you managed to watch it in, 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 in only two. Um, a few more for me. I watched this in six. I think that's six fair. Sittings, but a lot of that was me being hassled by my kids. So I could have happily watched it for longer. Before we mm. start chatting about the film itself, uh, we'll first do the Big Wee Summer Wee, where uh, I record a long morning wee, and within the time it's taken me to do that wee, Ben has to describe the content of this film, which is clever uh, and so also clever. childish at the same time. So, Ben, yeah. you'll be pleased to note that... I drank a liter of yogurt drink. Ooh, thick. Yeah, a thick drink, and also two two tins of Tango as well. Oh, well done! What uh, flavour? Okay, yeah. classic. So you've got a minute seventeen. Oh man, that's long. Okay, your time starts now. All right, so uh, a couple of lads, uh, Michael and his younger brother Sam, uh, moved to this fairground beach town uh, called Santa Carla uh, with their recently divorced mum. Santa Carla is apparently the murder capital of the world. Uh, They they move into their grandpa's house. Um, Sam befriends some local guys known as the Frog Brothers who claim to be vampire hunters and Michael eyes up this local girl called Star who hangs out with this gang of goth pirate bikers. Um, wanting to fit in an impressed star, Michael goes to the gang's abandoned hotel cave hideout place with them and drinks some blood from a bottle of wine. Uh, sorry, from a wine bottle in some kind of initiation type ritual. Uh, then he falls through some smoke and he wakes up as a half vampire, which he's not really on board with because he keeps floating uh, and getting attacked by his dog. Plus, he's not really up for the whole savage blood draining thing. So he goes with his brother Sam and the Frog Brothers to take out the head vampire called David uh, so he can cure himself and Star and her creepy child friend. That goes really badly and they run away and spend the afternoon fortifying their grandpa's house knowing the vampires will be on their way as soon as the sun goes down. The vampires attack, there's some awesome slushy vampire deaths and eventually David is impaled on some reindeer horns but it turns out he's not the head vampire. That's actually this guy that Michael's mum has been seeing. So he's about to kill everyone when Grandpa drives his truck through the house and impales the, the bad man on a massive wooden fence post. And then everything's fine. And that's the okay. end. Okay. Well, I mean, 30-second overrun there, Ben. I feel like oh. you're a little too too casual there. I'm focused on summarising the story, not working out how long time is in my mind. I can't count along as well, can I? Why don't you get off my back? Okay, well, you can... Okay, fine. Let's go through suggestions for drinks next week to, to lengthen this time. Just drink a, drink a <laughs> litre of rum. No problemo. So, Ben, what did you think about The Lost Boys? 
Oh man, I di I dig the Lost Boys, yo. Mm -hmm. Dig it. You've got Michael, mm -hmm. uh, who is the the main character, who I actually think is the least interesting character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, thankfully, Michael is surrounded by really interesting and great characters, but he's a standard angsty teenager, isn't How he? How old is he uh, supposed to be? I think he's probably meant to be about 17 in the movie. He looks like he's about 30. He was only in his early 20s when he made it. Jeez Louise. But he, he just wants to fit in, doesn't yeah. he? Uh, and he wants to impress Star. Yeah, Jamie Gertz, who is the toilet Jamie paper Gertz. hog in Seinfeld. And I was just like, I know, who the, I know who that lady is. Where do I know her from? She's a lady who won't, you can't spare a square. That seems quite appropriate. Yeah, she's now. actually um, she'd, she'd be a modern day hero in the COVID age. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he was kind of. It's weird because I've never seen this film before, which is the reason why I chose it. Mm. My my sister, my older sister, had a little bit of a goth face, so she really liked this film, and yeah. I wasn't allowed to watch it. But I saw scraps, and I assumed that Corey Haim was the main character because he yeah. was the most interesting to me as a young man so it was weird yeah. watching it and it's primarily about michael who as you said is still not as interesting as, as anyone else no and Corey hames character sam is he seems a lot more self-assured yeah. but at the same time you know he's scared of horror comics and uh yeah. his grandpa keeps putting those stuffed animals in his room i liked his grandpa yeah. he was he was a right old prankster yeah he was he was an interesting character he did that great prank when they first turned up at his house where he pretended to be dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not really a uh, yeah, it's not really a classic joke. What's the best prank you've ever uh, pulled? At university, my my housemate Alex was always p playing pranks on me mm. and like hiding just and like just doing annoying things. And one time we all went out for a big Sunday dinner and someone had a horrible scrap of horrible beef left over. So I yeah. stole the beef and hid it in his coat. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he spent a whole winter complaining about the smell of beef that seemed to follow him around. I think the best prank I pulled was when mm. I lived with uh, my friend, an another Ben. And he yeah. he hated the song Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. Yeah. So I removed every single song from his iPod that he had yeah. at the time. Hundreds of songs. And just left... Girls just want to have fun on there. And on his uh, hour-long train journey the next day, that's all he had to listen to. <laughs> and he was really cross. That's a great prank. Yeah, I don't really do pranks, but, you know, but when I do, they're mm. about Cindy Lauper. <laughs> anyway, but Michael, so he meets Star at a Tim Capello gig. And Tim Capello is an oiled yeah. man. With a saxophone in one hand and a mic in the other. <laughs> That's the very tip of the iceberg, Ben. Oh, this this guy's craziest looking pop star I've seen in my life. So he has scraped yeah. back oily hair yeah. into this horrible little ratty ponytail. He is. He is unbelievably jacked. Like he is enormous. And he is like shredded. He'd obviously yeah. been like dehydrating for like days before. And Wearing trousers. Yes, just trousers, and, yeah. Yeah. And he is giving it his and, all. And it's such a weird mental image. And it's it kind of breaks your suspension of disbelief for a little bit. Because they go to this concert and they're supposed to be like really enjoying it. And you see this guy. He's just absolutely preposterous. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, I, I could almost do an entire podcast about him. I'd, I'd happily go and watch him. I think the film perpetuates this myth that that gigs are kind of sexy and, you know, a great place to meet people. Like, I've never mm. been to a gig like that before. On stage might be quite uh, appealing, but off the stage, it's sweaty. Um, I once saw a man miss his mouth. He was so drunk that he missed his mouth with his pint and poured it all over the floor. And then the band started playing a song he really liked. So he lunged towards the stage, slipped in the beer and landed flat on his back. Hmm. That's how sexy gigs are. Yeah, in fairness, I think that says more about the kind of music you like than about gigs generally. No, I I don't agree. Because I can tell you, I went to see Keen in 2012 (laughs) and nothing like that happened. It was mainly, there's many people like looking at wallpaper swatches. um, Yeah. Talking about holidays, you know, in the south of France, that kind of thing. Eating hummus. Swapping, Swapping hummus recipes, yeah. Anyway, after the gig, they go to sort of um, carnival abandoned hotel mm, den. Which is horrible. But pretty cool. And David, the, the head vampire, is, is saying, eat the maggots, mm. Michael, eat the worms, yeah. Michael. He's one of those people that keeps repeating the name of the person they're talking yeah. to. That drives me insane. I feel like there's a, like a limit. If someone does it once, I kind of quite like it because it, it shows me... Do they, you, Eamon? <laughs> you can get away with it if you just met someone. Yeah, you can, Eamon. You can, yeah. I mean, you can keep keep on doing it. It turns you into like a. It does. It's something that estate agents do quite a lot. Yeah. So it's a very salesy. You can imagine it's something they've read in like a sales manual, where where it's yeah. like you must repeat the client's name. Own the name. I read a statistic that his name is said like over a hundred times in the film. Wow. Because they do have like little montages where all like the Lost Boys are going, Michael, Michael. Yeah, Michael, Michael. Yeah. I guess it. David is trying to sell the idea of becoming a vampire to him. So that, that kind of makes sense. So he's a good vampire salesman. He's a very good vampire salesman. I think if he wasn't living in that carnival hotel, he could get a job in the city. Well, the kind of thing that sort of annoys me about that, that scene where David's trying to get him to drink the blood is... He says, have this rice, and it turns into maggots. And he says, eat yeah. these noodles, and it turns into worms. Michael. And he says, drink drink this wine. And then Star goes, and oh, no, don't do that. It's blood. Yeah. <laughs> and then Michael goes, of course it's not blood, you idiot. <laughs> it's like, you, but you just saw rice turn into maggots. Like, yeah. they could really, that's, that's what it, it could happen. What about the Frog Brothers? Uh, yeah, I thought they were really cool. It made me feel a little bit sad. For Corey Feldman because he, he is clearly a very good act, actor and Corey Haim yeah. as well obviously um, they're both really funny like they obviously like have great comic timing because they both have some really good lines that, that they sell really well Corey Feldman almost steals the film for me I think he's so funny he's, he's brilliant I like the fact he's running a, a comic book store at the age of like 14 or whatever it is that he is do you remember in Plymouth there was a comic shop called Purple Haze of course yeah that was great. I used to love it there. I only ever used to go in it with you. Yeah, of course. And it smelt lonely. Oh, I loved it. Because you couldn't get American comics in, in Plymouth much. Yeah. I'd never seen them before mm-hmm. um, until I went to Purple Haze and they had they had all sorts. What's the most uh, ex- desirable comic you have? I don't really have many anymore. Um, 
I think I had a, a Wolverine number one. Wow, really? Yeah, I don't think it was worth that much, but it oh, was pretty cool. Sounds impressive. And yeah, I had, I had some good ones, but it's quite easy to spend a lot of money on comics. Yeah. I had to nip that in the bud. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, like, obviously the Marvel Cinematic Universe has made comic books super cool. Yeah. But for a long time, they really were quite sort of nerdy. They're kind of like for, for lamos. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Complete lamos. Yeah. 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 Like me. So originally, um, Richard Donner was attached to this film. Yeah. And the script was, it was an original script. The idea was that Peter Pan was a vampire. Okay. Um, and then Richard Donner went and he was going to go and direct Lethal Weapon. So Joel Schumacher took over. And I think the kids in the script were much, much younger. And then he turned it into this darker, more adult mm. film. And you've got some great people working on it. So um, Michael Chapman, who's the, the director of photography for Raging Bull and Taxi Driver. Wow. I think that opening scene where you see all the residents of Santa Carla mm -hmm. really kind of grounds it, um, makes it feel like a real place. Yeah. Because it's quite a fantastical place. You know, you have the Carnival Hotel and you have the, the weird smoky bridge. But because you've seen the, the streets beforehand, I think that helps. Mm -hmm. um, and also a guy called Bo... Jangles? <laughs> Not Bo Jangles, Bo Welch, who was the production designer. Uh, so he worked on a lot of Tim Burton films mm. where he used that same sort of carnival kind of thing. But I, I love what he did with that hotel. I know you thought it looked like a terrible place to be, but mm -hmm. I thought it was a really cool kind of den. Yeah. And then you've got Greg Cannum, who did the, the makeup, which I thought was fantastic. So The Lost Boys was one of the first films to kind of transform vampires before that they'd been these men with fangs or mm. ladies with fangs but this they were monsters and i think a guy called stephen johnson who's another famous makeup artist he worked on ghostbusters and all sorts of other things mm. he he had a go at some of the makeup but it was a lot more monstrous mm -hmm. whereas greg cannon did this thing where he put little pieces on their cheeks and their forehead and the whole point was that the eyes, the lenses, became a focal point of the makeup, which I thought looked really effective. I I agree with everything you said apart from the makeup, which I thought looked like a big pile of trash. Really? I'm surprised. I'm not into vampire films at all. I think, by and large, they're just not for me. Okay. But one thing I've I've noticed about loads of the vampire films I've I've seen is how bad the makeup is, and how they often do that thing where they give them big cheekbones and foreheads. Well, this is where it all began. Well, then I've got a bone to pick then with Greg Cannon. You've got a cheekbone to pick with him. Yeah, because it doesn't make you fo make me focus on the eyes. It makes me focus, focus in on their, their bony foreheads <laughs> and cheeks. And it's like I was looking at... So the f I would say one of, the, one of the best ever sort of like makeup jobs in a serious film is like the, uh, the Elephant Man. Which yeah. I think is like early eighties, anyway, and obviously like John Hurt can't you, you can't tell it's him. It's absolutely phenomenal, so compelling and believable. So, yeah. what's their excuse? Why can't they, why can't if they can make it John if they can make John Hurt look like the Elephant Man? Why can't these guys <laughs> make a couple of teenagers look like vampires? Well, I think that the thinking behind it was that they didn't want to make them look like monsters they wanted to keep you know you've got all these very attractive teenage actors and they wanted them to look sexy i suppose mm. as vampires rather than horrible beasts so that's why you get this slightly exaggerated facial features 
I thought it looked great. You didn't. I think maybe maybe you're right. I think if that was the first time that they did that, I'm sure it was quite captivating. But maybe because it's it's become so well done now, like I think that's how they used to do it in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV series, wasn't it? Well, that's interesting. You having come at that, you know, from you've seen all this other stuff that was derivative, mm. I suppose. But now the original doesn't hold up for you. It's quite sad. Yeah, that happens quite a lot. That happened with John Carter of Mars, because apparently it was like this incredible, at the time, it was like this incredible tale and really inventive and no one had heard of anything anything like it. But yeah. obviously that was written hundred yeah. and something years ago. In the interim, a billion sci-fi films have been made. So when I went to see that in the pictures, mm. I was really disappointed because it was seemed really derivative. But this, the irony is, is that inspired a lot of the films that, that came after it. I mean, how did you feel about the other effects towards the end? I was a really big fan of the very sloppy, gungy deaths that every vampire had. Every death was spectacular. I loved the deaths. I think um, they're really creative. Each vampire seemed to have its own unique death, which I thought was great. And you're right. Yeah. I like the guy. What was your favourite? The guy who gets shot into a stereo and his head blows up that's brilliant it's just incredible what about you so that was a puppet they built yeah that set on fire <laughs> uh, they built a few other puppets so when david hits the reindeers they built a full-size david yeah but they shot it and then they did they just used the close-ups they didn't actually use oh, the, okay. the puppets they made i think my favorite is the bath full of holy water and garlic yeah and it's the guy just melts it's when he he dips in initially shakes a bit yeah and then he pops out and he's all yeah yeah, yeah he's all melting and then the blood just pours out <laughs> of the taps it's yeah. just brilliant i saw um it too recently oh yeah every single scare like the setup of the scares was really effective mm -hmm. but everyone was paid off with the cgi monster and it just looked terrible it was not scary at all and i think overusing cgi in horror it really takes you out of the film yeah that's... you're not a big horror man are you no i don't want to be scared yeah i i do want to be scared but yeah it's not happening i really like uh the exorcist yeah because it's creepy as hell so you like the scariest film but you don't want to be scared <laughs> <laughs> i was brought up a catholic so i'm interested in it in particular from that point of view and also they they did that thing where they drop in flash frames of gary images do, do you remember yes they do mm. absolutely terrifying images there's one that can you remember what they are the white demon face oh that's right yeah. there's the mother as well he has a vision of his mother standing by a subway mm -hmm. and then there's that part where he sees her on the bed all in white really mm -hmm. unsettling there's one i think the one that freaks me out the most was one of your mum <laughs> that's in there <laughs> I don't remember that bit. Uh, even though she would have been very young when the film was released. Yeah. For the anniversary edition, William Friedkin contacted your mum yeah. and said, I need a picture of someone who looks scary. <laughs> Do you mind if I use your face? Your mum very happily obliged. Yeah. And weirdly, he said you don't even need to get, get changed into like a scary costume. She was just wearing like a work suit. And it was a picture. In fact, it was the picture she used on her staff ID. William Friedkin said, that's fine, just send me that. <laughs> One thing I'm interested in is vampires and sexiness. I did, I did obviously like the merest amount of research on that before we started talking. But it does seem like there's this association historically between 
vamp or vampires having this kind of sexy element, alluring element to them. Yeah. Well, they um, come at night, don't they? They drink blood from a sensitive area. It's interesting because in so many films, you see people getting bitten on the neck and their response is sexual. Like the, the person who's being bitten is really enjoying it. Yeah. Whereas you'd think the response would be to go, ow! Get off my neck! That really hurts! I think I'm bleeding. Why? Look, there's two holes! Thanks a bunch. <laughs> I think it's gone on my shirt. I actually don't want to watch Ratatouille anymore. Can you just go? <laughs> yeah. But this film in particular seemed to to kind of take that to to another level because, as you said, this was originally going to be a Richard Richard Donner joint, much like The Goonies, so more of a kids' movie. Yeah, that was the mo. It was like The Goonies but with mm. vampires, which I think I probably would have enjoyed more if I'm being completely honest. But this this got sort of made all all sort of sexy. I mean, obviously you've got Tim Capello the sexiest saxophonist there's ever oh, been. Oh, very much so. And all the lost I boys. mean, I thought the deaths are pretty savage. When they get going, they really do rip people to pieces. Well, this is what I've, I think part of my issue with it is that, and, maybe, and, and I know they're trying to make the vampires look really appealing, yeah. but I think you also need to work to show them to be evil. And all the vampire attacks you see, I think there's only one image that yeah. I found quite shocking, which is they attack a bunch of people on a beach party and Kiefer Sutherland bites one of them on the head. Yeah, he bites the back of which, his head. side note, it's a terrible place to, to bite someone if you want to drink blood. It's, it's like the hardest bit. It's like a kind of jaguar skull bite, isn't it? Bang! Is that what you thought it was? Yeah. Well, apparently that was much worse. They He actually ate the back of his head, but they cut it. Yeah. So you just see the blood spraying. Oh, okay. But I think it could needed more of that to kind of ramp up the the scariness because you see them attack people before that, but it's always from quite a cheesy point of view shot where you see like the bird's eye view sort of um, zooming down onto the security guard at the beginning or the necking couple in the car, and they sort of look up at the yeah. camera and go, "Ah, it, uh, vampires!" <laughs> they shout, "Vampires!" For some reason, all the We're time. We're going to disagree again here, though, because I really like that. I think that was they did that because the budget was cut. Mm-hmm. I think they were planning to show a lot of flying vampires, mm-hmm. and instead they did this kind of evil, dead, roving camera mm-hmm. thing, which I thought was brilliant, but clearly didn't work for you. Well, no, because you can't you can't show the terror that way if it's point of view. You can see the, the scared people's faces, but you need to kind of see see them being attacked. And what you saw every time was uh, you'd you'd sort of see them inside the car or trying to get into the car, whatever. They'd look yeah. up and go, oh, no, a vampire. And then they'd fly up. Yeah, it was stupid. Well, it's, I, I feel like it was like the, you know, like the whole Jaws thing. You don't see the shark until towards the end. You see glimpses. You see what happens to the people. But then... You get to see this this horrible scene of savagery when the vampires do attack. It's it's pretty hardcore. Ben, I'm gonna have to stop you there. What you do see in in Jaws though is when the shark attacks the 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 poor boy on the beach, is you see like some craziness off in the background. Yeah, and then everyone goes crazy. The the everyone comes out out of the sea, and then you see a bloody inflatable thing wash up on the beach with a big bite mark on it this is true so that so that gives you the idea of the ferocity of the attack yeah it's valid you do see you know you the jerking bodies and yeah it's pretty it's pretty heavy that's that's true i i see what you're saying thank you but i do enjoy the flying camera no you have to you have to disown that now and say on the record that it's stupid oh right that's how it oh, works okay 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to do that. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to add, I think it's really stupid, I'm, I'm Ben. That is the voice I use for you as well. Oh, horror is brilliant, and the, the cheesy old-fashioned camera angles they use is brilliant, and everything is film is brilliant. The end. <laughs> what did you think about the twist that David's not the head vampire and that uh, Richie Rich's dad is? I enjoyed it. I liked when uh, the mum got chased by the hounds of hell. That was quite scary. That was good, yeah. He's got quite a presence. But yeah, we don't find out an awful lot about what's he called. The Max. I actually felt like he was quite... His reason, or his motivation was mm. quite good, which was yeah. he was actually interested in their mum. He wanted to get Sam and Michael on first, so then she would willingly become a vampire. So he could basically create a kind of like quasi-family. With, with her in the mother role. So at least it was, it was a good motivation. You understood why he was doing that and, and why all this was happening. And I think his boys had kind of had lost their way, hadn't mm. they? These adolescent vampires he was unable to control. So he was looking for a, a new family. But I tell you what, like, it's such a good twist. But then his transformation, I think, is the worst of them all. Because he looks ludicrous when he becomes a vampire. Yeah. Like, he's, he's not scary at all. They said it was very difficult to make him look scary such a cheerful face so yeah his his is the most excessive isn't it but i know they they built again they did some additional makeup which had his skin burning off and light would glint off it almost looked like his skin was cracking it looked really cool but they didn't use it instead they just blew him up i I really took me out at the moment because i because you don't see i didn't see that coming and then when he becomes a vampire he just looks stupid it's like the kind of if, if i was given like an afternoon to make someone look like a vampire. That's what I would. That's what I would make someone look like. Why don't you take an afternoon to make someone look like a vampire? All right, I will. All right, go on then. Okay, I'll see you in an afternoon's time. What you could just do is um, go and visit your mum and take a picture. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to make jokes about your mum. That's your thing. I think your mum's lovely. Yeah, get your own thing. I uh, I'm not claiming, by the way, to invent uh, to invent slagging off someone's mum. I can't claim that as my own. No, you can't. Do you know who came up with it? Who? Your mum. I actually think, you know what? The Lucy, the mum in this film, actually did remind me of your mum because she's just a nice lady. She just feels a bit, little bit, I, I kind of felt, I agree, she is, she is a nice lady. I kind of felt, though, that she's not really present. Like, she has a conversation with Michael at one point, and it's just like, are we still friends? It's just like, well, yeah, he's disappearing off the whole time. Why are you not, you know, it's kind of your job. She's got to get, she had to get a job and stuff. How would you stop your children from being seduced by vampires? Well, I think initially I'd teach them about the dangers of vampires. And, uh, you know, in the end, I'd have to let them make their own decision. Yeah, I think that's wise, you know. It's the same thing as like, it's like smoking. I don't want you to do it, but if you decide to become a vampire i can't stop you i have a confession to make actually oh, yeah. you've reminded me of something mm. um when i was 10 years old yeah i saw this film and the monster squad mm-hmm. and actually had two wooden stakes that i used to keep under my bed nice yeah because i really wanted vampires to be real <laughs> so i guess i'd tell my sons make some stakes yeah. and you know see what happens so ben this is the time where we we decide whether we're going to Flush it or fish it out. What does that mean? Well, flush it like you'd you'd flush away a nasty poo you never want to see again. Ugh. Or fish it out 
a lovely poo that you think is delightful and want to keep as a trophy. Oh, terrific. Well, I would definitely fish this one out double quick. <laughs> I, I love it. I think it's one of the all-time great vampire movies. I think because I saw it when I was a, a young man, it definitely made an impact on me. And yeah, I'd, I'd fish it out yeah. and I'd stick it right in the middle of the carpet in the lounge. What about you? Don't hurt my feelings. I think... I think I probably would fish it out. Good. Just like I don't think it's classic. I think I, I think if like you, I'd seen it when I was younger. I would probably have a lot more love for it. Yeah. But I think coming at it from you know with with contemporary film going opinions, it feels way too short. I'd like the vampires to feel scary and more threatening. Yeah. And see what the horrible things they do, as well as them being seductive. And none <laughs> of the stupid makeup that makes them look like birds. Yeah, we're n- we're not going to agree on this. No. But. It's it's hard for me to know how I'd view it now. Uh, you'd think it would stink up the joint. You wouldn't be able to flush it quickly enough. You fished it out. Just. That was only because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. Oh, that's sweet. I'd fish it out and then I'd I'd flush it in the downstairs toilet when you weren't looking. <laughs> you'd fish it out, take a picture of it, and then show it to me. I'd take a picture of me with my arm around it yeah. and a thumbs up. Or would you be like then... a boxer with your fist? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I thought that'd be a great sketch about uh, a boxer getting married <laughs> and just infuriating the, the photographer because every single photo is, he's got his he's got his fist underneath his bride's chin <laughs> because they can't not take photos like that. Anytime you see a, a, a boxer getting photographed, he's always doing yeah, that. I'm pretty sure that is every boxer's wedding. Yeah. Okay. So there's only one thing left to do, which is to decide the film we're going to watch next time. <sighs> The, the way we do that is a little little competition. This week, we're listing our top five vampire films. Yeah. And we have to guess what each other has picked. And whoever has the most correct guesses uh, gets to choose the film for next time. That's right. So we're going to get three guesses each. Um, are we going to say that duplicate choices must be declared? Yes. So if, if I have one on my list and I think you've got it, and I say that, I need to say I have that too. Perfect. Now, the winner gets to choose the next week's film. What happens to the loser? <laughs> we thought a fitting forfeit for, for the person who spent an hour and a half watching a film on the toilet all week would be to force that person to sleep <laughs> in a toilet for a whole night. <laughs> there is such a thing as too much time on the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the loser um, has to spend the night in there in in the toilet yes so you can bring in a pillow okay. and a duvet okay and you have to stay in there for a maximum <laughs> of six hours oh my god okay brilliant okay yeah well it's all to play for isn't it it certainly is my friend all right who's going first i will go first. oh will you you're such a gentleman my first guess is going to be near dark no <sighs> i love it but it's not on my list my first choice for you is going to be Blade 2. Correct. Yeah, boy. Yeah, I was going to put down Blade 1, but I think Blade 2 is, is, is better. I know you like Blade and 2. I'll tell you why I like it, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the sections vampires. Guillermo del Toro was saying he wanted to strip out all that sexiness out of the vampires mm. and make them all about just like drinking the blood in the most horrifying way. He did that. Which is why their f- faces open in two, basically, like mandibles. Yeah. 
It's really horrible. It's great. And I thought that was a really, really smart move because it makes you disgusted and like really, really scared of, of those vampires. Yeah. Okay, so I'm, this is a duplicate. This is one I have on my list. I'm going to say Dusk Till Dawn. No. What? I, this was a really hard list to do. You're full of it, mate. From Dusk Till Dawn is a film that when I saw it, it, I did feel like it was the greatest film I'd ever seen. But I don't know if it holds up. For a 14, 15-year-old in the mid-90s, fantastic. I mean, that guy has like a dick gun, for Christ's sake. It's just stupid. Yeah, I would have... Um, it would have been number six. Okay. All right. This will be a duplicate if it is on your list. Uh, let the right one in. No, I've never seen it. I know it's like... Oh, okay. I know it's supposed to be like a really, really good, the good vampire film, but um, this was actually really hard for me it because is. I don't like vampire films. So I've only seen That's like tricky, then. six. I mean, yeah, Let the Right One In is another brilliant coming-of-age story. Mm. Swedish, uh, very cold. Yeah, you should see that. I think you would like that vampire film. Okay. It's just a great movie. I do like Swedish things. I know. You love the Swedish. I do love the Swedes. Mm, okay. Okay. This is a duplicate. I'm going to say 30 Days of Night. No, but I was going to guess that for you. Yeah, right. I was. This, they are some savage vampires, aren't They're they? They're really scary and they yeah. look terrifying. They have like black eyes, the teeth and the complexion. Mm. Yeah, that's all you need, I think. It's really difficult to think of something as scary if it's also like romancing you yes like you're not going to be scared of someone if they're buying you a steak dinner yeah but if they're going to buy you a steak dinner and then slit your throat at the end of the evening i think you could be scared of them then if they told me they were going to do that then yes you ever been on a date like that i did go on a date once with a girl who fell asleep <laughs> that was really a low point this that's kind of like the, re the reverse of a vampire she was really nervous yeah. to begin with and twice asked me who my favorite band was and then we sat down oh. in a noisy bar and uh, she <laughs> she fell asleep because we could, couldn't have anything to talk about. So she just suddenly went to sleep. And how long have you been married for? <laughs> Very good. Okay, so you'll get your... Well, you've already won. Okay, well, the success rate was low, but I have won. So, Eamon, you are going to spend a night in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, I took that. I really enjoyed saying uh, that. What were your choices then? Go through your top five. Uh, I had Blade mm -hmm. Two, Thirty Days of Night, uh, Dust Till Dawn, Interview with a Vampire. Ah, uh, yeah, and yeah. John Carpenter's Vampires, which has got James Woods in it, and I don't think it's very good. No, but it's yeah, one of the only few vampire films I can remember watching. Okay, yeah, it's not well, very so good. So, what were yours? Nosferatu, the creepy German film from 1922, which is like the the original vampire movie, uh, Fright Night which is another film, vampire film, that came out in the 80s and mm -hmm. um, also used that transformation makeup. Uh, let the right one in. Oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman, which is a yeah. very messy film, but the makeup I love. Old Gary Oldman in that is yeah, great. And yeah, and it's also uh, Greg Canham who did the makeup for The Lost Boys. When are you going to marry him if you love him so much? <laughs> I might. And uh, finally, an Iranian vampire film called a girl walks home alone at midnight which is a black and white very vibey a black and white iranian film how how am i supposed to guess that <laughs> it's a pretty famous vampire film i thought nosferatu was bad <laughs> that is the most pretentious thing i've ever heard if you like vampire films Eamon, it wouldn't be pretentious okay well well maybe uh, the listeners <laughs> maybe the listener can contact us via social medias 
and and say who's in the right. Yeah, is Ben a pretentious douche <laughs> or a a well well versed vampire connoisseur? Let's let's see what they say. And I bet if they're from Cornwall, they'll agree with me. Oh yeah, burn that bridge. Or if they like chimps. Yeah. Good. So the movie we're watching next time is 1992's Steven Seagal classic. Under Siege, <laughs> which, uh, funnily enough, you mentioned earlier on. Yeah, I remember a few things about, I remember a naked lady popping out of a big cake, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones yeah. hamming it up, yeah. and Steven Seagal setting a precedent for his entire career whereby he never loses a fight, nor is threatened in any way <laughs> in a fight. <laughs> no, yeah. Steve, Steven Seagal does not lose. Yeah. He does poo his pants if he gets choked out though well i mean that'll be the uh that'll be the losing forfeit for the for the person who loses next uh <laughs> next week's challenge is they have to poo their pants oh my yeah i hope not well yeah. i look forward to watching that i think and, you're gonna dig uh, it all right well yeah. thank you for listening again hope you've enjoyed the show yeah check us out on the social and if you meet a cornishman give him one of these from me you couldn't see what i was doing but it's rude. <laughs> Were you miming a chimp? Yeah, I was miming a, a chimp biting someone's face. If you meet a Cornishman, bite his face. I'd like to know how many chimps there are in Cornwall. I bet there's a chimp sanctuary somewhere in Cornwall. Yeah. That place would be the pits of the world. <laughs> Thanks for that, Eamon. Hmm. Now it's all that's left is for you to sign us off. Keep flushing. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye.